There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to Resilient Science, the show where we spend 10 to 15 minutes each week trying to better understand a topic around hockey, rehab, and the science behind it. I'm Dr. Ben Cernick. I'm a doctor of chiropractic, goalie coach, and strength coach. And as always, I'm here with Jamie Phillips. Hello, Jamie Phillips, former professional goalie, current physical therapy student, not a doctor yet, will be soon. I have a master's of science and exercise science, and I'm a certified strength and conditioning specialist. And Jamie, today we're going to talk about something near and dear to my heart um, and near and dear to my research, which is what we think about practice structure and like what we like about typical team practice structure and what drills we absolutely hate uh, that happen in team practice structure, kind of everything in between there. How's that sound to you? That was pretty good. I know this is what your research is on. We've talked about it briefly before the show and just in general. So I'm excited to dive in because we can kind of nerd out a little bit and actually get into some more like data driven points rather than like opinion related points. And that's, that's nice. Yeah. So to give everyone kind of like the, the quick, quickest summary imaginable, um, some of the research I'm interested is in when we break down team practices by drill type. So think about things like flow drills, small area games, conditioning drills, uh, team tactics. What happens and like what does the effect of that look like on our players? You know, how difficult they thought practice was or how does that look like? Um, basically, like how much intensity are we putting into those drills relative to, let's say, game intensity? So we're trying to understand like what each drill looks like compared to either game outcomes or just overall like fatigue and stress outputs. Because um, that matters, I think, and it matters a lot by position. And we just don't have a lot of data in hockey on it. But what kind of inspired this one today is, is Jamie and I were talking about flow drills before we started recording this and our absolute hatred of the 25 to 30 minutes of flow drills that I think a lot of goalies go through a lot. And so Jamie, why do you hate flow drills? Yeah, there's just a deep burning passion. It just brings me back to four years of college hockey where we only did three on O's and two on O's. Um, no, but, but just, and I, we had, we had talked about this and I'm going to do some more, a little bit of uh, makeshift study on my own with a little bit of data collection based off of last year's college guys that I worked with. Uh, but I think the, 
my real passion against uh, flow drills <laughs> is the fact that it's it represents such a minute percentage of the shots that you get in the game, yet it makes up the majority of your practice plan. And as we've talked about before, when we're training, like for goalies specifically, because this is talking about goalies, it actually does relate a little bit to players, but you want your practice to be as specific to your sport as possible or basically game-specific practice is, is the purpose. And yes, you need warm-ups and stuff, which is more of a generalized movements, movement, movement patterns. But so if you look at the actual flow drills for goalies, you have repetitive shots coming in with no defense. Um, depending on what level you play, guys are either shooting from the top of the circles or it takes them between the top of the circles to the hash marks to release the puck. And that just doesn't happen very often in the game. And if you look at shots off the rush, there's almost always a defenseman adding some sort of back pressure or a screen in front, anything that can distract you. So like, so getting all these repetitive shots, yes, it might, there might be some benefit in terms of getting warm or just like getting tracking, like just getting your eyes going and tracking, but to do this again and again and again for 30, 40 minutes doesn't offer any benefit to the overall skill development of your goalie and your players, because you, there are defensemen in the game. If you're a forward, and if you're a D, you need to get D reps taking like taking one on ones, taking two on ones, and that should make up the majority of your practice. Yeah, like I think. So first of all, I agree with all that, which is you know what a surprise for us agreeing on things. Um, but I think one of the my biggest like overall issues where I think it stems from is that like a flow drill doesn't do anything good compared to the components of like what makes up a flow drill. Yeah. Right. And so like, if you think about like what a flow drill is, like a flow drill is pretty much any drill that's like relatively continuous. Like I know some people argue that if a drill starts on a whistle, it can't be a flow drill. I don't know if I agree with that. Like, I think that's I've never kind of heard what... that before. <laughs> yeah. So some people have said that I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not on the, I'm not sold on that, but it's like any continuous drill that doesn't, that like has typically multiple shots in a sequence um, typically is going both ends at the same time with some exceptions, like, I think one of the, my least favorite classic flow drills is like three on one way, three on one the other way, three on two the other way. And it's just like, <laughs> I see the PTSD in your eyes. I don't even, I think it's like, I don't even mind that because I'd rather take a three on one or three on two than just like the shot the single shot the left side, shot from the blocker side, shot from the middle. Yeah. Oh my God. That's brutal too. Yeah. But there's like, but that's the thing though. There's just so many extensions of like what, is typically done in a flow drill where it's like at least one part of that drill you are displeased with. Yeah. And um, I think it's I, like when I read your, your proposal, like you had your, def- your definition of a flow drill. Like for me, like I, anything where there's no defensive pressure in any way, whether it's like a back check or like a gap up or anything, I, I almost consider that a flow drill, a straight shot with no traffic for me is a flow drill. Yeah. And that's like, so, and that kind of extends to my point of like where it doesn't do really anything well. So like if you look at it from a player perspective, like that's just a, a shot on the rush. Players don't really get those. So are they really working on their shooting in the game situation? They aren't. Are they really working on like shooting technique? Uh, maybe if you want to really argue that, but they're that's not what going to skill at... sessions for. Correct. Exactly. That's my next point. Right. So like a flow drill doesn't do skills as well as a skill session. It doesn't do battling as well as a small sided game. It doesn't do positioning as well as a very structured team tactic drill. Right. Like it's, it's just there sometimes to, to take up time. 
it's is that, yeah is, it's really it's really just a it's a filler that somehow becomes now the base of the pyramid of practice structure and it's just i think it's just because it always has been and again hockey is like the slowest to change when it comes to everything but like so like i think back even now i tell my goalies uh both my call like i apologize even my like my guys in junior and it was like again always comes back to bouge but when my track like when i was struggling to track he would just say stay on your goal line for flow drills don't even go down and just like watch everything in and so i've taken that part in terms of again load management and just purpose of the drill like if my goalies are going to get something on this drill, I want them to be backed up into the goal line so that there's a ton of net. And it also gives them an extra split second to track the puck. And I just want to get their eyes going for the first five, 10 minutes. And then, you know, if you want to step out, cause then hopefully it transitions into like some two on ones and three on twos and we can get it that way. But like for me, I find no benefit. And I've argued this with like our head coach before, like I find no benefit to these shots and like some he'll become like coach will come in and be like hey so and so was getting beat high on these shots he's awesome i was like i i just say i i don't joke like i don't care man like i don't <laughs> care how is he doing in the games how is he doing the small areas how is he doing on two and ones three and twos if he's struggling we have an issue if he's doing fine no issue yeah like i think the again from my coaching perspective i think if we look at a practice that's 60 minutes long or 90 minutes long let's say in either situation of that 60 or 90 minute proposed practice if you're doing flow drills for like 30 to 50 percent of it like i don't particularly care how many pucks my goalies stop in those flow drills like i don't like i I just don't really i don't even really start watching um until drills become more situational and like what i mean by that too is like if you look at a flow drill like how many flow drills in your life jimmy have you done where it's like shot three second shot, four second shot, like these repeated sequences where you're like just constantly moving around the net for a thousand, like thousands, (laughs) thousands of times. Right. That's not an exaggeration. That's a thousands of times. Right. Exactly. And so like my point is like that almost never happens in a game. (laughs) Well, definitely not from the high slot. If there's anything, it's just like in tight rebounds, bang, bang, bang. It's never, you make a save, your rebound goes back to the top of the blue line, another (laughs) shot. Oh wait, your rebounds now to the far blue line, another shot. Right. Right. And so it's just like, for me, I think you said it best, like as goalie coaches, um, you have to try to find something that you can take out of that. Yeah. And a lot of it's like you said, like, I don't know, stay deep in your net, try to track pucks, go down once every few shots if you want to. Um, but I think there's a lot of unrealistic expectations placed on goalies in these type of drills where it's like, they got to stop everything. Cause you know, it's a straight shot and it's like, no, it's not a straight shot. It's 80 straight shots. Let's yeah. call it what it is. Yeah. So let's, let's offer some solutions here because again, people, we can complain all we want, but it is good to offer some solutions. So the first question that I will pose to you for a solution is if you were a goalie coach, what would you tell your goalies when coming into practice and dealing with uh, let's just say 50 to 60 percent of the drills being flow how would you approach that um i would tell them straight up that the first half of them depending on the drill right so like if a flow drill is a player versus you over and over again focus on one thing you want to focus on in that drill so let's say like i want you like you said before stay on the goal line i want you to just track pucks for this type of drill because mm-hmm. i want them to then spend their energy and their focus if we get into like a two-on-one flow drill or a three-on-two flow drill 
um, at least there's something that I can get them to be like, okay, you're going to see a few of these in the game. So treat these competitively. And typically those drills that have more of a gameplay setting are a little bit slower overall in terms of like how frequent your shots are. So I think the big solution for goalies is just like save your both mental and physical energy for the more realistic drills and try to take one thing out of the the less ones and then hopefully try and communicate that with the coach some capacity whether the goalie coach is talking to the coach about that or whether you can have that conversation with your coach what about you jamie yeah i because we're we're running a little low on time i agree with everything you said find some sort of thing you want to work on and for me it would almost exclusively be tracking and then it also will come into load management where now you're saving yourself probably like 100 to 300 butterflies or like you know half splits or whatever which wears and tears on the body especially you know after a long weekend, like, Hey, you play in the coast or whatever, the null, you play the null team that I help with. They played four and four, they played four games in four nights. Like that Monday practice they have, I think I should, I think I told them to push it to Tuesday, that Tuesday practice. Like I told the goalies, like, don't go, don't go down for the first like 20, 30 minutes. Like not yet. Um, so actually what you said brought up another question. So I have two more questions for you. The, the next one would be, um, how would you deal like when I was in college, if we didn't go down on a shot, we would get yelled at like by our head coach quite a bit. And I didn't know. I just, I just assumed it was being competitive, you know, but how, if you were a goalie, how would you deal with that? Or yeah, if you're the goalie, so say you're a kid and you don't have a goalie coach and your head coach is yelling at you for not trying, like not trying, how would you deal with that? Yeah, that's a really, really hard question. and Probably a really relevant question too. Right. I think the biggest thing is you you can try and explain to your coaches being like, hey, like, uh, and again, it's also better if you have like a, a goalie front, right? Like hopefully you and your partner or you and the two other people you might be having some time with can hopefully get on the same page on this and just try to explain to your coach at first being like, hey, um, like this is just a lot and a lot, a lot of reps. And if you want, like, it's really hard to be 100% on those and, you know, 200 reps and then still be 100% on those you know power play drills yeah. or three and two drills i think the second thing is if that's not going to work like if you really don't think that conversation can happen um i would say again there's a way to kind of just in some ways cheat into to playing a little bit lower and just making that impact on your hips a little bit less um and this is not advocating for good goaltending this is advocating for trying to just feel less bad during yeah. a long season um play a little wider and, and sit a little lower so that when you butterfly, just like butterfly, like 60% and have good tracking and then just make saves that way. Like just try to make the butterfly the least impactful way you can do it and just, just battle through that. Your thoughts? I would say my, mine would be like for a kid, one, probably talk to it with your parents and have your parents come in with you. Yeah, hopefully that would help. And to explain it with that baseball analogy where there are like, like, like even in like little leagues and stuff, there's a, there's a pitch count and the same thing should apply for goalies and if that if that doesn't work just honestly just like reach out to us and we'll call your head coach <laughs> yeah yes if this is happening we, the first three people who reach out to this and listen to this we will email or call your coach and explain I'll, why no, it's I'll bad straight, I'll, I'll facetime i'll facetime your head coach <laughs> and talk to him i don't even care if he doesn't speak english like i'll, <laughs> I'll do it uh, then my last question would be um and this one's definitely more for you because this goes right hand in hand with your research so here's mm-hmm. here's an alley-oop um if you are a head coach and you want to make a goalie conscious practice how would you structure it 
Um, okay, goalie conscious practice. The thing that is probably the most relevant, I'm hopefully we'll have more answers of this in like a, a year's time that I can give really concrete answers on. Um, but be mindful of time between shot repetition. That's probably the biggest thing that I would say. So like if you if you want to use these up-tempo flow drills, we're not saying they're all terrible. We're just saying most of them are. Like there are yeah. less bad ones, right? But keep again, so keep in mind of like if you're doing a flow stuff, maybe one end at a time rather than both ends at the same time over and over again. Like let there be a gap between plays if you're going to do some of those drills. But if you're again really trying to be goalie focused, think about having a practice that's more small area games based and more team tactics based games. So like what I always used to like as a, as a goalie is like, here's a 25 second window for a power play unit to get a shot off or two mm-hmm. shots off. And then there's a break. We blow it down. Other side goes. Yeah. Like I think that's a really realistic and productive way of doing a drill that is game oriented can be high intensity and gets reps that are like really important to goalies, right? Like how important is a five on three read for a goalie in oh, 20 yeah. seconds? You need to see five on threes to be able to play a five on three. Right. And so like, again, simple solution here, small area games focused where there's a decent amount of compete, but there's breaks in between and then more team tactic based stuff that alternates side to side, get two units going, get one end at a time. Don't consistently feel like you need to get everyone going all the time. Jamie. No, I I agree on all those. And I don't try to think if there's any like new opinions that I can offer to that. As long as, again, this would come down to, like, I think there's a, there is a value in having three goalies on a team. I definitely think it, there is and there isn't at the same time because there's only one net to share. But when it comes to practice structure, I think that having three goalies is worthwhile, especially if you're doing small area games. Because in small area games are fun, but you don't get a lot of rest and they are very exhausting. So if you have three goalies, you can have that rotation where one of them gets like a solid rest in between. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree with all your things. I don't have anything, uh, anything really new to add until, uh, until your research and your data points have been collected that we can revisit this. Yeah. Until we find out that goalies actually aren't tired by flow drills and we're just wrong. Yeah. Can you, <laughs> oh gosh, can you imagine everything we've done our whole lives? You're just proven wrong. We'd have to accept it. That's Hey, that's like the, that's the fun part about science, right? Like we're happy yeah. to kind of come into it with our approach and then we're happy to be wrong. So data. We'll see. Data over feelings, man. Lane Norton. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. That's a good one. Let's wrap it there. I think hopefully people um, can appreciate, you know, how we look at the drill type and why that matters beyond just like what the skills that are worked on, right? Like it's not just we're working on shooting, skating, passing. Yeah. It's how much are we doing for these people? Because there's, there's a minimum we need to hit, but there's definitely a maximum we need to avoid. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.